Welcome to Knock Talk. During this episode, Knock CEO Cliff W. Gilmore and Knock Chief of Education and Training Jackie Schwab share insights into how to balance your life in a world that operates at the speed of send. Hi, you're here today with Cliff W. Gilmore, the CEO of North of Center, and Jackie Schwab, uh, North of Center's uh, Chief of Education and Training. And we're here today for Knock Talk on the topic of work-life integration. Now, many of you may uh, think and uh, be familiar with more of the idea or the, the word of work-life balance. Uh, it's all very similar, uh, but we, uh, we approach it here at North of Center from more of a work-life integration perspective, and we'll explain a little bit more about that throughout this conversation. Uh, but before I keep going, uh, I'd like to introduce you over to Jackie. We brought her in uh, uh, for, for Knock Talk finally, uh, really just to break up the voice and, and ex- expand some more, uh, uh, get you some better perspectives. So uh, Jackie, over to you. Uh, anything you want to say to open up? Um, well, hello, my name is Jackie Schwab, and um, the reason I really was hopeful that I'd be allowed to sort of talk on this topic is the fact that I'm a very, very busy mom with four children. One of my children has uh, autism disorder, another one has a hearing deficit, and another one has sound dysplasia. In addition to that, I run two successful businesses and uh, manage to make time to work out every day, and so I think if I've found a way to integrate all of that into my day that perhaps I might be able to provide a unique perspective from my point of view that others might find helpful. Uh, Jackie, I have long marveled at that about you, uh, of the entire NOC team and, and among our strategic partners, you're undoubtedly one of the um, the busiest. Uh, and I know we describe you regularly inside the team as just you're, you're a machine. And I, I don't know how you do what you do in terms of, uh, of managing uh, managing work-life integration, uh, but uh, I'm also eager to have you talk on this topic so that I can learn from you and figure a bunch of that out. Uh, as a bit of background for me, I, uh, I also uh, I work out of my home. Uh, the, the North of Center office is a, a corner room in my home in Camas, Washington. And um, I, I have uh, a 29-year-old and a 8-year-old. Uh, so the 29-year-old's out doing his own thing, and, and uh, my 8-year-old daughter's in third grade. Uh, but uh, my wife also works just down the hall from me, uh, from home. She's the CEO of an organization called Oregon Casa Network. Uh, I won't plug that one too much other than to say that she's uh, she's doing some great work with them. But uh, here at home, we're not uh, in my home we're in, and work. We're not anywhere near as uh, as swamped in our place in life right now as you are, Jackie. Uh, but we also have to very carefully walk the line of of how we prioritize the things in our life. Uh, you know, where we concentrate on, uh, you know, making sure that we're walking our daughter to and from school every day and that sort of thing. While at the same time, both Deb and I are working for different organizations right here in our homes. So, you know, life is challenging and it's all the more challenging when you when you crash work and life together. Um, and so what I'll say now on, on a bit of that that idea of work-life integration as opposed to work-life balance, uh, that ties in very much with a core not concept that the, the words we use influence how we think and how we think influences the words we use. So if we want to change the way we think, sometimes it's uh, not sometimes, if we want to change the way we think, we need to change the words we use. So I very deliberately choose work-life integration because to me, that that indicates more of a need to to mesh them together and make them work rather than the the word balance, which suggests you need to sort of compartmentalize them and weight them in different ways and keep them keep them on their own sides of a spectrum or something like that. Um, and you know, as an example with that, 
I know a lot of folks who find work-life balance in terms of, well, I stop working at five and I never work on weekends and I don't answer my phone when I'm off work and that sort of thing, and which is good. There's nothing wrong with that approach. But what my wife and I have found is that if we want to integrate our work and our life, we do have times when we choose to go to a school event or something like that during the day or even just take time to go to lunch together. And we deliberately choose then, well, we've got some work to do, but we're going to do it uh, after uh, our, our daughter goes to bed. Um, it, it's quieter. Nobody's calling us and interrupting or interfering with us. And, and so we can get quite a bit of do- a, a lot of work done and, and often be far more efficient by integrating our work and our life that way, where we just, uh, you know, what we're doing is it's not crashing work and life together. It doesn't mean, you know, it's every day is take your kid to work day. Uh, but in it, what we're talking about is integrating work and life into your finite communication capacity, the, the limited amount of time you have and allocating that time um, deliberately and, and intentionally. Um, and uh, with that, then I'll, I'll go ahead and hopefully not catch Jackie by too much surprise when I take a breath and hand the mic to her and see where she wants to take the conversation. Yeah. So, and then you break, and then you took a breath. Um, I I really enjoy uh, quite a few very specific distinctions that you've made when you're talking about this topic, and um, I agree in the terms of balance is actually uh, detrimental to getting the desired state that we want when we say balance, because it's kind of thought of as like the, the, you know, lady with the, the, what is she called? The one scales of justice, the scales of justice, right? So whenever I hear the word balance, I always think that people are looking at, well, everything about my work goes in one side and the everything else goes in the other. Well, that doesn't even make sense in my life. I have four kids. Like, like, how is that even going to work? Like all my kids and my husband and my home and they go in one side, but like earning a living goes in the other. Does that even make sense? It, it, to me, it, it, it doesn't. I use the word balance because, you know, SEO and all of the things that search on that. And that's how people can find the help and the topic they want. Uh, but it's it's not necessarily a concept that is a reality. And so um, my favorite thing to ask or to be asked on this usually is, is there such a thing as a work-life balance? And my answer is, I don't know, how do you define balance? <laughs> and I think that's the number one most important thing. And, and I'm actually going to plug something that I want you to talk about, Cliff, um, to point that out. The way that you achieve this integrative state is, it, to me, there's a couple key components, right? The, the first to me is you have to decide what you stand for or what do you value? What is important in your life? So one of the knock values that attracted me to the organization way early on, I've been here, I think, nearly since the inception, was live where you want to work, right? Work where you want to live, live where you want to work, do meaningful work. You know, there's there's a few other things that you put there, but you have to know what that is for you to have any type of integration or balance. So let me plug that so you can talk about the values real quick of what NOC stands for in terms of. Sure. Sure. Thanks, Jackie. And and that's a, that's an excellent point to bring up. So in, in the generic, the idea there is that, you know, you really need to uh, start to, to, to find uh, work-life, you know, integration to get to it. Um, And, and then in integrating, find balance within yourself. Um, It, I found it's very helpful to start just by setting a few very clear priorities. Um, not not a, a massive list. Um, uh, 
part of the, the reason uh, folks come to me and say, oh my gosh, I need help balancing all of this stuff or getting it all sorted out is because they, they dump a bucket of about 400 number one priorities on my desk. And we need to start <laughs> putting those out and, and, and stacking them in, you know, putting them in piles and then organizing them in terms of prioritization. And what you, you were alluding to there about NOC um, is both the, the personal life priorities that, uh, that my wife and I established and, and used when we made the decision whether or not I would retire from the Marine Corps and where we would go and what we would do after that. Um, and also the professional priorities that I, I just bridged them right across to North of Center. And in a, in a nutshell, very succinct list. Um, first one is that we put our family first. Um, and in the, the context of us having been in the Marine Corps, that was part of our decision to retire from the Corps. We really enjoyed that service and that experience, got a lot out of it. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But we added uh, to, to put your family first, we added for the first time. Because for that 20-year period, the Marine Corps was really first uh, by nature of the business. So for us, we said, let's pr put our family first for the first time. Let's live where we choose, uh, which had also been a thing for us within the Marine Corps that we, you know, we got bounced when, when you were told to go somewhere you went. Um, and then the third one is do satisfying work in service. So those three priorities helped my family, helped my family make all kinds of decisions. And, and I'm, I may have time to share some of those. Um, but they also then bridged across, ported across, if you will, to north of center. And I apply those to, to us and our team. So that's the summary. Family first for us, uh, for us it works. Family first, live where you choose, and do satisfying work and service. Um, that's, the that's an example. But right. the point is to get to a good, clear, concise list of concrete priorities. And with that in mind, then I'll hand it back to you, Jackie. So with that in mind, I'm actually going to knock it up again, which is, oh, I don't, yeah, I'm going to do that again. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, that's that's going to go viral. Jackie, pause, yeah, right? Jackie gets pause. knocked up during, uh, during <laughs> podcast recording. Oh, so, uh, but the other thing with that, that I think is a very strong North of Center principle that thanks for the good lead in is um, you said you took those family priorities, right? You, you know, the three main priorities in your life, which are sort of um, thematic in nature. Mm -hmm. And then you bridge them over to your work. And I think there's a really important concept in that is to the concept of balance implies that there are different values potentially between where you work and where you live, you know, what you're doing for career and what you're doing in your life. But if you find meaningful work that aligns with your priorities and values, there's less of a gap, right? Less of a say do gap. It's less of a I have to apply all of these thought processes to making decisions at home. But when I'm at work, I have to rethink and reorientate and apply these other values here. So if you make it the um, con conscious effort to work in an environment whose values, priorities, and, and important pieces to you are aligned with your work, um, it allows for you to not only create these boundaries that we just talked about, but then the next concept to me that's important is boundary creation, right? It allows you to set boundaries that are in alignment when you both work in a place that has similar values as you live. And so why would I want to work in an organization like North of Center? Well, the very first principle is putting your family first for the first time. And similar, you know, 20 plus years in the healthcare IT integration industry, and you show up to work whenever all of the computers go bye-bye, right? You know, lights go off, 
mama's going to work. It doesn't matter that it's 4 a.m. It doesn't matter I got 412 kids. It doesn't matter my husband was a CFO. Uh, Mama getting up and figuring it out. And that doesn't work with my, it didn't work with my personal desired values to have children and put my family first. And so I'm not a machine, which I love that people think that I'm so amazing. I'm just amazing at prioritization and setting boundaries and choosing work and choosing um, other things in my life that are all in alignment with my, my personal foundation and value set. And that allows me to have uh, a more semblance of an integrated um, life. You know, Jackie, <clears throat> that, that was, uh, that was a terrific description of, of where you and, and I and, and uh, BJ, who's listening in from the gallery there, and how, how, how our team functions and prioritizes. And you used a, a really important uh, word in there. You said that, that, uh, that this allows, and we're, you know, we're allowed to do these things right now. And that's a, that's a really important point, and there's some subtlety and nuance in there, that uh, we're, we're using, uh, you know, our examples right now, we're, we're at a place in life where we were able to, uh, where we are able to set that particular set of priorities. But I want to bridge across now to make the, and, and you know, that's a great selling point. And, and uh, gosh, it almost sounds so, so arrogant or narcissistic to say, well, this is kind of a place to get to. We're a goal. We're a goal. Our life is a goal, <laughs> but uh, I, don't get, don't get me wrong. Anybody listening, my, my, my life is madness and chaos as well. Uh, we're all just doing the best we can to, to get where we want to be. Um, but um most folks or many folks uh, are, I mean, you have some basics. You, you, you got, you know, the classic Maslow, you got food, clothing, shelter, and you've got to take care of those things. Um, and so while you're working towards that, and, and so particularly, uh, you know, new and aspiring leaders, folks on the front end of their careers, you're not allowed or enabled really to, to prioritize those things that way, uh, the way, you know, you and I are now, Jackie, because we're Four hundred eight years into the game, uh, and and you know we've we've been through the period the the long long period of uh, and patch where uh, the the world told us what we had to do. Um, so when you're in that frame, that's really where we need to provide some tools for folks. And uh, there, I'll I'll uh, put that in that context. Let's let's talk let's talk two and four people right now who can't say, uh, who couldn't take our list of three priorities and say, yeah, I'm going to do that. Because the, so, the simple hard truth is I would not have been able to make and live by those three priorities 20 years ago. 20 years ago, my top three priorities were food, clothing, shelter, um, maybe 25 years ago. Um, but uh, so let's let's go to that. Let's now get from the uh, what we really described as kind of an ideal place to get to. Um, no, no, not the ideal because it's us and we're not there. And I'm not trying to say we're ideal. Ah, but we <laughs> described a mature place, <laughs> uh, an advanced aged place, perhaps. Um, but uh, you know, a, 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 a place, a, a spot in time later in a career where where we could really set those three priorities and live them and make choices based on them. But what about folks on the front end of a career who need their food, clothing, and shelter, also want to have a little bit of fun? Um, what are some of the tools and tricks and techniques, Jackie? I know you have a whole bucket full. I, might, I may have a bucket full. I, I may. Um, I, I still think that there's some basics that it comes down to. And uh, and it is, it is about setting yourself some priorities. Um, I, I was a... So, it's funny that you use the word mature. I was a advanced maternal age mom. 
So <laughs> I had my first child at 28 and that meant I was old, which is awesome. But um, what I, where I struggled, right. And where I had to come back around was I had established my life, my priorities and my career before I had children. And so for, for quite a bit of time, I injected my kids into my established life, mm -hmm. which is significantly different than um, reprioritizing and reintegrating your life, right? So I just kind of kept existing through life for quite a bit of time and saying, well, I already have my career and I have kids. How do I fit my kids in? Mm -hmm. And so what I would encourage people to consider is if you have a major life change, um, have a major life reprioritization review as well. So um, yeah, put in the time when you first get started. I mean, I was working all of the time, and, but I love work. I do. I enjoyed it very, very much. And it gave me a lot of joy. Um, but I also remember that every time I said yes to something, I was saying no to something else. And I wanted to be sure that I knew which things I always wanted to say yes to. Mm -hmm. So it allowed me personal in my head permission to say no to others. And for example, um, my husband and I have been married since for, I don't know, we've been together forever. We've been together since 1996. So yes, and we're getting older. Um, and so I made a decision to always stay married to my husband. And I also made a decision that if he asked me to do things that didn't necessarily know if I would like, like go rock climbing or go for a hike, I would always say yes, which is good because he kind of pushes me to not be so conservative sometimes. Um, but that meant sometimes I needed to say no when my friends said, hey, do you want to go play volleyball and drink all night? Heck yes, I want to say yes, right? Heck yes, that sounds great. But I didn't say yes. And I didn't say yes and feel all mad about it or feel like I was left out, or feel like I'm resentful. I said an empowered no that I didn't want to go because I had set for myself um, a, a list of values that would help me guide my choices. So I, I do think even if you are working like I, you know, both of us had at some point, you not, not ever not working, you know, you're part of the Marine and not, that was your life. Um, but in, in my case, you know, sometimes 80, 90 hours a week, there were things that I set that I would not ever say yes to or say yes to over something else. So I think a big part of that is prioritization. Now, a more practical view, because um, I am a tad bit on the anal retentive side, is um, very, very much in line with always, always, always use a calendaring or prioritization system. Um, I, I dare to show it. We can't show it on podcasts, but I schedule everything, including self-care. I put in moments that say a think time, right? We get so busy, we forget that we need space to think. Um, so everything goes on my calendar so that I can share it with my partner and we can support one another in the time that we need so that we can manage what I would say is my third concept and the most important piece, our energy. It's about energy management, not time management. You can't manage time, it's finite, right? Time is, we all have the same amount. And you, you know, if you think I get a lot done, 
do you think I get a lot done because I have more time than you? Certainly not, right? I get a lot done because I manage both my energy as well as my resources and my prioritization. And so calendar the heck out of it, guys. I mean, put it all on there, all of it. If you need to put sleep on there, if you're not taking the time to do that, if you're not brushing your teeth, get an app for that. And remember every morning, check it off as you brush your teeth. And then the last piece that I would say is super important is um, build in habits that are so ingrained that you don't have to remember to be different. You know, you, if you always brush your teeth and floss your teeth after, you don't have to remember to floss because you just do it. And habits allow us to go from juggling bowling balls to juggling birds. And that just means when once in a while, when things get away from you, you'll still floss because you just do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those would be my key kind of very practical advice for those that are trying to get started as a leader and integrate family and all these things together is you have to have a solid foundation because if you don't stand for something, you stand for nothing and you don't know what to say yes or no to because neither of them matter all that much because you haven't decided they mattered. Uh, But those would be kind of my key areas. I mean, what are your thoughts on that clip? Well, I heard, uh, I heard a couple of uh, summary points coming out of there. A lot, lots of good perspective and, and um, our lives are so different that I just, I I love hearing, uh, hearing how, how you, you know, how you maintain your work-life integration. Um, because, uh, I mean, I just always learn, I always learn from you when, when we're sharing stories. Uh, but a couple of uh, things I, I heard coming out of that were, uh, first off that, you know, we set up front, you need to set your priorities. Uh, but you, you hit on the fact that as life changes, um, your priorities are going to change. And, and the, uh, the action item then is to, you know, from time to time, even if you don't have a major life change, stop and deliberately reassess your priorities and figure out uh, if if they're still the right ones, right time, right place. Uh, certainly in your life, there was probably a time when it was definitely a reasonable priority to play volleyball and drink. Um, you know, in, in college, you prioritize differently. Um, and then you get to a point where you stop and go, okay, wait a minute, you know, let's, let's stack a different set of priorities. So not only have priorities and set them, but deliberately review them and reassess them over time uh, is, is part of what I heard coming from you there. Uh, second piece of it was that um, for you and for many people, it can be very effective to, to put those priorities down and translate them through a scheduler or a calendar to help you make decisions. Um, and the, um, I think those were the two, the two driving points that I heard come out of that is, you know, be, be sure that you're, you're prioritizing intentionally and, uh, and then, you know, work those things into a calendar tool of some sort. Um, and I, I'll give an, uh, an example of, of that sort of thing. Um, because I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm one of the guys who has like six, uh, six unopened Covey calendars, you know, day, day timers, planners, whatever. I, I just stacks of them that I've never used. And, and every now and then in life, uh, I, I've given up. I, don't, I know now that that won't ever work for me. Uh, but in the past, uh, I had those times when, uh, you know, I'd be like, oh, I got to get myself organized and daily planner. For me, it didn't work. What I literally did for uh, uh, 15 years of my Marine Corps career, uh, I had these little green Skillcraft notebooks uh, that would fit for us in, in our hip pocket on on our camis there, our, our, our cargo pockets. Um, and I had one and I wrote odd on one of them and even on the other. And I just kept all of my notes and everything for the day in that. And at the end of the day, I would go through and, if, and odd even was the date. 
And so on an odd day, I was using my odd book and uh, jokes did uh, pervade, but um, but I would use that. And, and I would just scribble the heck because an, uh, another little sidebar there is my handwriting is miserable. And I was always trying, oh, I've got to fix this. No, I don't. Just work my notebook for the day, update everything, scribble, scribble. And then at the end of the day, I would go through it, clean it up, transcribe it and put it onto a, a the, the book for the next day that laid out what was going to happen and what I was going to do. And then I would, I would shut it off. All right. I, I would close the book on that literally, literally. And, and then I'd go, I'd tra- then I would transition out of the workspace and I would, pri- and, and I would move over towards focusing on the family. Now, when I was in the core family first was, I don't know, we, we had this competing priority of uh, mission accomplishment and troop welfare, same kind of thing. Well, the core, f- the course first, but social family, eh. Um, in that sense that I had to very much balance those things and compartmentalize those. When I got done with my work day, no matter how long it was, I needed to get it out of my mind and go home so that I wasn't out of my mind, uh, and just focus on family and, and then transition back. But, but that's a sort of, a, I guess, a, a call it a, a lower end or, or a different perspective on how to manage that, that, that accountability for your time is I just had two cluttered notebooks and I'd clean them up at the end of the day. So for me, a calendar didn't work. And- if there's a way for me to show you right now, my, my notebook of a similar nature, um, I think the that you literally described a method that's been around for about a hundred years. It's called the Ivy Lee method, I V Y L E E, and it's very famous for what are your top six things you do? Write them down and do them, and nothing else until they're done. And if it's not done the next day, you put that as a top priority. Um, the The intent would be my way of organizing my crazy, and your way of organizing your crazy is not going to work for everyone. But find a way to organize your crazy um, because. Uh, there is there is value in thinking through what you want to do and what is important so that you can decide what isn't. Yep. And I, I would say, say the most productive thing you can do in your life and the, the best thing for integration is more important to know what you say no to than it is mm-hmm. to say yes, because that and, part's the hard one. And I'll go ahead and I'll steal the mic back from you here as we head into a wrap up. I see that we've we've got uh, under five minutes left, I think. Um, and uh, one, I want to I want to affirm uh, what what you're saying there about um, you know about making those decisions as you go. And um, you know it it is it's you know, you're, you're you only have so much time and you need to make you need to prioritize dis, uh, you know prioritize things and then allocate that time. Uh, deliberately. Um, and so uh, I'll head towards a wrap up here with uh, sort of a general example of the approach I take when more often than not, one of my coaching clients uh, identifies time management as one of their problems. Um, and generally that, ta- what, that that leads back, you pull the thread on that and you come away with stress bomb. What the problem, I mean, they're stressed and that's the, the outcome of, of this thing, but there, you can dig into those factors. And I, I I don't push a client to immediately start managing a calendar and scheduling and writing everything down because yeah, if their time is already fragmented, you're not going to carve out time suddenly to do a detailed management and upkeep on a calendar to build the habit required to do that. Uh, that's very natural for some folks like yourself. Totally unnatural for me. Wouldn't work. But what what I do teach folks is start by setting your priorities and then make decisions deliberately throughout your day based on those priorities. For example. 
Um, uh, I had had one client who, uh, and this is common, I suspect, uh, that he would he'd wake up and before he even got out of bed to use the bathroom, he would go to his phone and start reading and texting, not at work stuff. I said, so you're at work before you even get out of bed. And he's like, yeah. I said, all right. Is there anything you're doing during that, say, hour it takes you to get ready for work that has ever been an, oh, crap, that had to be done during this hour type thing? And you're like, well, no. I said, okay, cool. And your people know how to reach you by phone if they need to, right? Yeah, okay, cool. So just make this decision. Get out of bed, have breakfast with your family, clean up, shower, whatever, and then 10 minutes before you leave the house, grab your phone, plug in, get oriented on what's in there and think about what you saw on the drive to work, but, but make a decision there to use, you know, this is family time. What are, what are you doing during that time? Um, and, and then same kind of thing all the way through the, the work day and on into the work week. I was like, what time do you go to bed? He's like, oh, sometimes not until two or three. I said, well, what time do you need to go to bed? How many hours do you need? He said, well, I need about seven hours sleep. I said, okay, cool. So tell yourself that you're going to stop work at five and then when five comes, make a decision. And if you're going to keep working longer, that's fine. But just set a marker then like, okay, I'm going to work till six and then check your decision again there. And then when you get home, if you're going to do some work at home, just make sure you talk with your wife about it and you, and you, you all know what's going on there because not knowing was creating stress. And then when 10 o'clock runs around, make that your stop work point. And you don't have to, but if you're going to keep going, make it a decision, set a marker. And then when you get to 11, go to bed. Make that your go-to-bed time, but a decision point. If you're not going to go to bed then, okay, but make it a decision and decide, well, when will I? And, and just make those decisions. So a phrase I use throughout much of my coaching was, uh, is, these things are, are guides, not traps. So if you set your priorities, they become a guide to help you with your decision-making and your, the allocation of your resources and energy. Um, if you reassess those priorities from time to time, you'll make sure that you're still on track and you're setting up the right framework for your decision making. And ultimately, that leads you towards a place where you can either integrate or balance your life, whichever model you prefer. And on that, uh, I've got a gong or a shepherd's crook or something coming my way to call call time. Uh, we owe it to our, our listeners to, uh, to not drag on more than uh, the approximately 30 minutes that we've allocated for this. So on that note, I'll go ahead and I'll hand the mic back to Jack. Jackie for final word. And let me say first, though, Jackie, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here on the podcast on Knock Talk. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I suspect we could do several more discussions on this topic alone. I certainly will. I would say if I just the parting words would be, um, don't forget you in the equation of work-life integration, because it's not just your family and your work. You are your foundation. So take some time for you. Um, you are, you're, you're the only one that can do that. So that would be my parting words. Right on, Jackie. Thanks very much. Thanks for your time with us here today. And thanks for all of you on the listening end uh, who are investing your time uh, to, to listen to our stories here along the way. Uh, we hope you find some value here and we hope to hear from you at some point along the way. Have a good day out there. Bye now. If you enjoyed this episode of Knock Talk, please recommend us to friends and colleagues who may also find these discussions helpful. To learn more about how communication-based leadership can help you navigate successfully in a world that operates at the speed of send, visit our website at www.northofcenter.com. 
You can also drop us a line anytime with your leadership questions or to recommend future Knock Talk topics at reachknock at northofcenter.com. That's reachnoc at northofcenter.com. Finally, we want to extend our sincere thanks to Forrest Reed, who produced this episode.